Hi everyone, it's Julia Sotis on a totally different reality. And today my guest is Megan Hill. And Megan is um, kind of the, the, the head honcho uh, media and social media um, person for Access Consciousness. And I'm really excited to talk to her today about Facebook and other kinds of social media. The topic of the show today is called all things social, online and offline. Um, so welcome, Megan. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. <laughs> um, so can you talk a little bit? I'd just like to hear first about how you have the job, got the job that you have now and a little bit about your history. Sure. Um, well, I guess I would say when you know you go to college and you're trying to figure out what the heck you're going to do with the rest of your life, right? Right. So I was a very, like, I didn't know. I kept taking classes, and, and the classes that I actually really loved were things like sociology and psychology and studying people and figuring out how people tick and what makes them move and, and just really, like, different, you know, everyone's different and what is it about them and what what gets people creating and taking action and, and all sorts of stuff. I love studying, you know, like communications and political communications with different politicians and studying like rhetoric and how language moves people to, to change the world. And, and those are all the classes that I absolutely loved and succeeded in. And then you start looking at where you can do that in the world. And it was a bit confusing because uh, there's not a lot you can do in the world. <laughs> I didn't think like when you come out. So I thought, <laughs> my, so I was like, my degree is in sociology too. <laughs> yeah. So I switched from, like, I was great in sociology. I'm like, what am I going to do with that? So then I switched to, like, a broader degree, which was communication studies, and um, and then started looking for jobs. So I actually started out um, as a, a talent agent. So I did a lot of casting calls. I worked with big, big um, head honchos with, you know, like, reality show television. And so that was where I did, like, my first internship, and I worked with I worked um, kind of behind the scenes, but I got to see what what it was actually how things were actually getting created in things like media advertising and all and everything like that. And so then I went into I was like, well, this is I don't really want to be an agent, so maybe I want to be a, a PR person. So I went and looked at a, a public relations job, and that to me was a bit boring for whatever reason. I don't know why. I didn't like writing press releases and stuff. So then I started looking at um, advertising agencies, and I got a job at a smaller agency that had a had a very niche focus on um, senior the senior market, which was a bit bizarre and not as sexy as things like you know like working for Gatorade or Coca Cola or some major brand that's you know awesome. But what was right. really interesting is um, the senior market is actually this huge market that no one's paying attention to yet they have huge spending power. So it's the boomers that are retiring, and they actually have more money than anyone else out there, and they want to be marketed to different because they they don't think that they're old. They don't want to be called senior citizens, um, but they are aging, and they have to look at what to do as they get older. And so I worked for high-end retirement communities, basically like, you know, luxury-style living and inviting people to do that and so it was really fun. It was like this weird way of finding out like about this whole other age group than I was, and each age group has very different markets. So what I loved about it was studying people, because it's still, even though, though you say, oh, well, you're between the ages of 70 and 90, that doesn't mean anything. You Actually, there's all this psychographic information involved. And so I got to use all of that love of sociology in this, in marketing and trying to figure out, you know, when people move, why they move, why would they would choose to move and all that kind of stuff. So strangely, fell in love with it. And then at about that time is when social media started coming, like, because I'm way older than you, Julia. I don't know if you know this, oh but back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> You're so old. <laughs> Back in my day, social media was just getting started in college. Like, colleges were just picking it up. And I actually remember 
I was on like MySpace was really cool when I was in college or right out of college and my brother was on Facebook and I was like, these weird fraternity kids doing Facebook. Like it was so small at the time, but in order to do casting calls at the talent agency, like I was, I needed some college age kids to do big casting calls. So I set up a Facebook account to try and get their attention um, because you had to have a, a college university email address at the time to even be on Facebook. So it was kind of weird where I like kind of started with Facebook and then I actually continued social media, like getting into social media with um, a lot of the studies when I was at that company where it was the senior market, which they were saying, number one, that seniors weren't online and number two, that they definitely weren't in social media. And at the same time, all the data was actually incorrect. There was like tons of seniors online. So I set up some of the first like social media sites, like a Facebook page for this retirement community. And now it's like it's everywhere. So it's kind of funny to see when you're on the cutting edge of new technology and new medias and people at first are always really, you know, scared. People are still really scared. Oh, my gosh, you're going to like people are going to find you on social media and it's going to be terrible. But um, it's actually not terrible. It's only what you put out there and you're kind of the creator of it. So. So that's kind of where I started, and then I worked for bigger brands as well at a bigger agency, um, which wasn't as much fun for me because it was on such a bigger scale, so I didn't get to have my hands in all aspects. I was primarily on the online side of digital marketing, which it's not as much fun because it's there's just the data is so crazy. So um, so that's kind of where I got started, and then what do you, with access, what do you mean the data is so crazy? The data is crazy because um, everything's based on clicks and views, and it's it's almost beyond numbers that are comprehensible. So, if you're doing a you know a click a, an ad campaign and you have five banner ads, as you see, like if you search if you want to buy shoes, so say you're looking for Steve Madden shoes or something, right? They're not even like really available anymore. But you Google Steve Madden, then you'll notice there's all these banner ads whenever you're online about Steve Madden and check out these new shoes or this other shoe company because somebody's also buying the fact that you're looking right. at shoes so they want to serve up ads at the time. So it's this total right. random way of um, pushing out ads. And there isn't, like besides click-through rates, there isn't necessarily, like the whole campaign works together. So it's, it doesn't mean their shoe like their shoe sales are in a direct correlation to how many clicks they have on an ad. Um, so it's just harder to track. It's definitely, I guess you definitely have to have a presence. But for me, I love seeing like, I love kind of having a smaller pool to play in with saying, oh, here are the 6,000 people that I emailed, like that I wrote this letter and this email campaign to. And I can see that, you know, 500 of them responded, then 200 of them came to the event. And then of those 250 people eventually made some sort of appointment. And then of those 50, 10 people bought a residence at this place. So it was very, like, trackable sales, whereas right. the, bigger, the bigger markets, the bigger numbers, um, I'm not sure anybody knows exactly what is creating anyone purchasing things from the online world. Now, people out there will definitely argue that they know why people are purchasing. But, you know, if, you, if you're going to buy a pair of shoes, there's many ways that you're going to find them. You know, like you'll walk in the store and you might see it in the store and then you go buy online. doesn't mean that you bought online because you saw the ad online. So, okay. Yeah. This is like yeah. bigger web, I guess I could say. Right. So, no, that makes sense. Would, and that would be yeah. really fun to see kind of like the fruit of your labor with the smaller pool. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Okay. So that was how I got, that was my, like, my life before working mainly with Access Consciousness. Um, and and the cool thing was, is I was actually taking Access Consciousness classes while working in those ad agencies, and hence my desire for things like the bars and and questions, because I, like, advertising is a very high-stress, high-intensity work lifestyle. Um, so I thought I was, like, you know, dying of anxiety attacks when in fact I was just aware. So after I found out about access consciousness and the bars, 
um, I was actually able to to totally create kind of beyond the the intensity and the drama and the the panic that can occur in the advertising world. Right. Yeah. So, um, so with Facebook and social media, um, like you take a really cool approach. Like you're pretty. It's not like you're putting on. I think that the the thing that happens a lot of times is like Facebook is just this thing, you know, to create a facade of what you want the world to think that you are. And you do something different. Like you're you are being you and, you know, putting up things that represent who you are and you're being like really honest about things. And mm-hmm. also I noticed that you're also strategic about it at the same time. So I would just love to hear about kind of your your rhyme and reason and why you do things the way that you do them. Sure. I think the – and, you know, when you were talking, hey, let's talk social media, I was like, let's talk all things social. Because a lot of times when I talk to people about social media, one of the key things I think people forget is that it's – a lot of the same rules apply. So if right. you take – how you're being in social media and you take it offline and you take it into a cocktail party, like a a meet and greet or a networking event. One of the first things I tell people is would you, if you walked into a networking event, would you start handing out flyers for your next event or your next or what you're selling? Like, would you be like, Hey, I'm Julia. Would you, do you want to come to my next event? Or would you kind of work the room, talk to people, introduce yourself, ask people questions, get to know them, maybe give them your business card and then follow up and say, and then start talking business. It's the similar, like similar rules apply online. People are just as annoyed if you're the one like all about yourself and loud and fake and like no interest in anyone else, no interest in the person's life. And you're just like push, push, push. If that's annoying in a, like, office or social setting offline, it's also equally as annoying online. Right. So people people tend to forget that. Same thing if you (laughs) say you you own a store. Like, you want people to come in and walk around, you know, like, shop for things, try a few things on, get a sense for the brand, whatever it is. And you may ask them if they want some help, but it's when you're, you know, if you notice when you go shopping, they tend to let you browse and just when you're ready to buy something, then you're ready to buy. It's not like when you go to, you know, to buy a car and they're harassing you every five seconds. Like that's why everyone hates car shopping and they tend to go when the dealers aren't there to check out the cars before they want to test drive it. So, Similar things apply if you're using social media for your business. Just keep asking, like, is this how I would be if I were actually in front of people or at a, you know, if people were in my store or in my house or in my, you know, whatever, is this how I would actually be? So that's kind of where I start with, you know, like a different point of view. Um, Also, it's, Social media, the other thing that I remind people is it started out on college campuses. So it started out as a way, if you've seen the Facebook movie, um, it started out as a way to basically stalk, check out, like, you know, snoop on people in other, like, fraternities, sororities, groups, or whatever. So you're looking at, oh, is this girl hot? Is that guy hot? Who's dating who? Who's wearing what? Like, it had nothing to do with who's going to come to my next, you know, well, I guess parties were a part of it probably, but it wasn't like, it wasn't, right. created or created, it wasn't created to sell. So now that it's a big business tool, I keep reminding people that the what people will actually engage with you on with your business page has really nothing to do with like the, the seriousness aspect of business. They want to see, behind-the-scenes photos. They want to see what you ate for lunch, strangely. They want to see your opinion <laughs> on, food you know. pictures are over. There's so many food yeah. pictures. They want to see your pet. They want to see, you know, they want to see that you broke your toe. They want to see that you, you know, whatever. They want to hear your thoughts on useless things like The Bachelor. Or they want to, like, 
it's all this useless commentary that just keeps getting created. And and the invitation is for you to actually be. Like when you're saying, how do you how do you do that? Well, for me, if I am my brand, if I am my business, then and Facebook is one of my voices, then that's what I actually want to create. So I may not spend my time, you know, posting pictures of everything my child did that day because to me that does get a bit boring. I'll post every once in a while because he's really freaking cute, but I'll use that space to kind of switch up everything that's percolating in my universe. So things that are inspiring, things that are moving, things that I definitely think someone should buy, things that like one of my favorite songs that I'm listening to because people are interested in you and if you're not creating people interested in you, then that's where you start falling short in terms of how you're actually getting people to engage with you. Right. So, so it's really, it's about the energy. It has really nothing to do with the actual results. It's just, it's like what you're saying is really that it's the energy behind mm-hmm. what you're doing. Like just being yeah. you versus, yeah. you know, I need to get your money and you need to buy this. <laughs> exactly. And people right. so know, like the people that I'm talking to, they know when you're lying. You know, if I'm like, I have the best day ever. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times if I actually go out and post like, wow, I've had a really crappy day. And then I ask this question and it changed everything for me or, or this occurred. That is so much more well received than I have the best life ever and your life sucks. So blah, you know, like, right. There's, so many people out there that that know that they're getting sick of this like false um like like kind of a false world or false reality yeah it's like a facade yeah a total facade of being a total facade of what's real and the people that i'm interested in playing with likely are looking for something else and that something else doesn't mean that everything's like you know rainbows every day it doesn't mean that everything's rainy every day, but it does mean that there's like let's look and look at what what's possible, what we can create, and what we can change in the world. Right. And right. then of course, like how so and so did on the voice last night, because that's also very important news and information. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is. And like I, I well, no, not the voice thing, but but what you're saying. I've never watched The Voice, but um, I like I grew up in a town where there were 700 people. So, like, if you take if you take the concept of Facebook or something, like everybody knows who everybody is, everybody knows yeah. what's going on. And for me, like that was a really fun life um, because I liked who I was, and some days I didn't, and it was just a like. And I know it's not the case in every small town, but it's like. I really liked contributing to the to the small group of people around me just to contribute mm-hmm. and not to get anything back. Like, but then when we go into business, it's like instead of just contributing to contribute, it's like there's this place where like you have to have a successful business and you have to get something back. And there's like this yeah. disconnect between who you are and your business or what you're doing. Yeah. So, but if you look around, if you look around at some of the most successful businesses. They tend to not be the ones that are actually pushing, pushing, pushing sales, like, you know, that hard push. They tend to be the company that just has a really great product that is, they just kind of are built on something that you enjoy. They have, you know, probably great customer service. They might be happy. Like, generally, their people are pretty happy. Um, and so if you look at that, it's kind of interesting because people tend to buy from places that they like the people, that places are easy, and that they're also, you know, they're happy with what they buy. Right, right. And they're genuine so, in, yeah, they're genuine in what they're selling too. Yeah. Like the, pe- the people the, working there. And and the interesting thing, though, is, is one of the things I think that has changed with social media, which is why I wanted to um, to talk about all things social, is that, the gift of being connecting with people like in your town, like a lot of people now just go on Facebook. So it's kind of funny. Like, you know, I, there's some friends of mine that I haven't called in like two and a half years because I moved away from where I was living. And I just think because I can check in on them on Facebook that I don't have to actually call and see how they are. It's a weird right. thing. 
Um, right. But there is this, like, lost art of, you know, like, socializing with people in person, not just online, that small towns still have. Um, bigger towns, like, it's getting very isolated. And I don't know if, if your town is still where being social and actually, like, engaging with people is is still something that creates a lot of the businesses that are in the town. Right. I've never thought about it in terms of that. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we were, you know, we were talking on the, what's it called? Because Dane and Gary, um, who, for those of you who don't know, are the founders of Access Consciousness, they're putting on some worldwide classes in the next two, three weeks coming up. And we were talking about how we are having these these pods. And there's so much social media marketing, but it's so nice to just get a phone call from somebody like before or Mm -hmm. after the class and just be like, Hey, like, how was the class for you? Like, what's going on for you? Like, can I contribute anything to you? And I know that the times that I have gotten phone calls from, from businesses or from access consciousness, it's like, Oh yeah. Like somebody actually cares about what's going on with me. And, and it's just such an important part of building a business. Cause it's not about like the, the, I mean, it is about the money, but it's more about, like, what are you creating in the world? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and when it comes from true caring, like, that it's actually caring, it's not just some, you know, you can tell when you get a, a follow-up email or a follow-up phone call from someone just to check how you're doing. Like, for instance, um, I set up a website with GoDaddy.com, and they called, uh, like, three weeks after I actually purchased the URL. and and I was like, oh, who's this calling? So I answered it, and it's this lady. And she's like, oh, just go to GoDaddy.com. Just wanted to check how it was going. And my first reaction was to, like, get her off the phone. Like, oh, great, a solicitor. I'm good. I'm fine. And she's like, well, no, do you need any, you know, do you need any help? I noticed she was like, your URL was really, it was a really cool URL. I'm just really curious about your business. So I ended up talking to her for, like, an hour because it was called Pregnancy and Birthing with Ease. And so she was asking me all sorts of questions about what my website was going to be about. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm ever going to create my website. She goes, well, I really hope you do because I, like, I know so many people that would love that. Now, she probably didn't have to do that for her job. And yet my, you know, my website, still haven't created it, by the way, but the, the link is up for renewal. And I'll still buy it because I had such an awesome, like, that person so cared and was so, like, excited to see what I would create with that website. And, like, that's so cool. Like, if you actually have this, like, kind, caring energy and you're rooting for someone to actually create something in the world that, you know, creates a greater possibility, I mean, that's what I'm here for. Like, that's – I love that possibility that shows up. And that's why brands like, you know, like Apple – like it, when they have inspiring visions, you kind of, you know, gravitate towards them because you too want to be inspired. So, totally. yeah. So in, yeah, and phone calls are great as long as like, you know, they are, you are generally interested in, in the person. Because I think, I think people really do, like you said, you like to know that people care out there. Yeah, like Apple is such a cool brand. I I bought Steve Jobs' book, and of course, it's still sitting on my shelf. My shelf, but I read the portions of it that I have read. Um, like Apple was built after Steve, like he was probably like around my age, and he went to like India, somewhere in Asia. I think it was India, and like studied the Buddhist religion, and mm-hmm. came home and built Apple, like based on some of the like the awarenesses that he had on that journey, and mm-hmm. just like that story, like that is so amazing. Like, of course, I'm gonna yeah. buy Apple, like, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? The reason that they don't have a there's not really like an off button on Apple computers is because Buddhists believe in reincarnation. And so he didn't oh. want his products to ever turn off. He just wanted them to like live forever, like be everlasting. That's oh, why that's they don't so have. Yeah, they don't have specific off buttons. That's why you don't really turn Apple on and off. So it's huh. just like those things are well, so neat. It is, and then you like their whole their whole way of doing business. Now it is changing a bit, I think, since he died. But their whole way of doing business, like you can go in and they can teach you how to use their things. Everyone seems to be really happy in their stores, like. It's basically the energy that you be 
if you, you know, if you keep inspiring that in everything that you do, then then your business grows as a result. Yeah. Because I think I think as we as we keep, you know, as the world is changing, there's a bigger demand. I've been seeing a lot of uh, studies about companies like, I think like Whole Foods and um, even Starbucks is investing in their um, their their associates or employees, their education, like where you're actually taking care of people, they're happier at their job, then they treat people happier. Like there's this whole thing of like where gratitude and kindness and, you know, caring are some of the core beliefs, things, it creates this like energetic difference in the company. Whereas when you walk in somewhere that like everyone hates their job and it's like anti-consciousness just being in the store, you tend to want to run out and never like buy anything again. <laughs> right. No, um there's I was talking to my sister was getting her computer looked at in in the Apple store and I was talking to one of the employees and they have like the most like incredible staff meetings every week at every Apple store and like mm-hmm. talk about like what they can do and how they can make things better and like everybody has a say in like what goes on. So it's yeah. like to have a, you almost feel like you have a stake in the company. You don't necessarily, right. but like your opinion matters. So, and that's what that is. What you just said is, I think, what is key for for the world. Like everyone wants to know that their opinion matters, so they will put it on Facebook. And but also like getting to talk to people and listening to what they have to say. People have opinions. You want like people are starting to wake up and realize, okay, things don't have to be this way. I can actually change things based on the direction that I would like to go. And so my other invitation for people using whatever social media it is or email communication is with, you know, with that interaction, if you have three seconds to interact with someone or inspire them and capture their interest in you or your business, what are you going to say? Like, what are you going to use that moment for? Wow, that's that's, a really good way of looking at it. Holy crap. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, Meg. Yeah. Huh. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Like how would you go about that? Like give an example or something. Well, like when you were talking about earlier, so I do a lot of um, the marketing and advertising uh, and social media for Access Consciousness. And and for me personally, they're, they're a company that inspired me to live. So for me, Every day, like, I inspire, like, with everything I post, I don't just, like, post something just to get it done or check it off the list or promote to get a class bigger or something like that. If I could change someone's world, if I could change the world, if I could contribute to consciousness with this post, what would I say? So it doesn't mean I don't advertise. Like, I may include some sort of promotion, but with that, I still... Like, every energy behind it is to create something greater. Right. You know, the emails that I get from you, like, like, like as somebody who's signed up on the Access mailing list and comes to classes mm-hmm. and gets put on different lists, when you send an email, it's not just, oh, here's an advertisement for the next class coming up. There's always something in the email that you send that's going to make my life better. Like, here's a free yeah. class or here's... Um, you know, a video or here's this clearing statement or whatever it may be. It's like there's something in it that actually makes my life better at that exact second. I don't have to go and 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 I'm more likely to probably go to the class and I'm like, oh my gosh, this made my life so much better. What else can I do? Exactly. But like the thing that you put, the, the like the tidbits and the gifts and the things that you put in each email along with the invitation to come to classes is is just like so it's just such a full-bodied email like when when yeah. I get an email from access I open it because I know that there's something in there that's going to make my life better right away that I don't necessarily have to pay for well access one of the key things in access is that if you had 10 seconds to live the rest of your life what would you choose so strangely enough I consider that with everything that I do it's like okay if this were the last email I would ever send what would I say like, okay, great, it has to be about this upcoming class, but what else, you know, what else could I create in the world? What if this is the one email that somebody opens? What if this is the last email that somebody opens? What if this is, you know, like the first email that someone's opened? It's, 
it's never taking I think I think what happens like I've listened to a lot of people um like Brendan Bouchard is somebody who is pretty big in inspirational type marketing. He has a lot of similar philosophies and making sure like always contributing. Never never Is he like the guy that. who has that blogging stuff? I think so. And he's been on like Oprah and he's he's one of the more like inspirational type uh marketing gurus out there. And yet I've noticed with him, because I keep trying to take, like, oh, I should take his classes, or I should, like, learn something from him. And yet, I keep getting emails from him, and I'm so annoyed, because they're so, they're such autoresponders, they're such, um, there's, like, no person behind them. You can tell that it's this, you know, basically, like, catered system, and they were written at one time, and it goes out, like, it's very, like, it's very much a machine based approach where I know that it it may create, you know, as access grows, we may have to have more things like that. But but at the same time, it's like if you have, even if I'm sending like someone information about a call, like a telecall that they signed up for and it's a recording, I still take that moment to add something in there about, I don't know, to make, to make the world greater, which is a bizarre approach because it takes time and energy and blah, blah, and whatever. But it does seem to have a greater effect on on the world and so my basic point of view is like if I like what would it take to always be creating something greater with everything I'm on his site here (laughs) his book is the motivation (laughs) his book is the motivation manifesto and he's got a picture there's three people in the picture and one is the Dalai Lama one is Larry King and one is him (laughs) yeah exactly that's cool yeah but I think like that's something it's so funny because really what we're talking about is like the like beyond the creative edge like it's yeah it's what it's not being done yet and the people who are doing it are really 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 successful and it's hopefully the way of the future but it's like even things like like this like I I get where he's going and I think that people like you know, the marketing team or whatever, really do, like, there is a point of view where if it's mass produced, yeah. like, it, it doesn't, like, that, it's impossible not to do mass produced things. But exactly, if money isn't the issue, then, you know, right, what can you create in the world? Yeah. And that's what, like, actual wealth is. Exactly. And somehow, and, funnily, and money comes along with that, too. It does because, it, like you said, if it's like, oh crap, this email that was supposed to be an advertisement that I didn't really want to open, but I opened it and it changed my life, and I didn't want to go to this class, but now I'm going. Like that's, yes. you know, like that's the gift. And a lot of people are looking for some formula, or you know, this the most successful formula, and A plus B equals C, and you get, and basically C is money. And like, there's this one way to do things, and one of the gifts of of getting to work and create with access is I'm empowered every day to live in the question. So in a lot of the old advertising stuff I did, there were all these rules. Like um, you have to start, you have to start advertising at least six weeks out and you have to send five emails, six thises. Like if everything is very based on this is proven successful for this market. So you have to do this. And at the time, I was pushing boundaries that I didn't even realize that I was pushing, like saying, hey, what if seniors are online? And hey, what if they can easily figure out how to click a button online to get them to an online thing? And it took me like, I mean, I remember sitting with clients and having like conversations over drinks, like, hey, if you just give this a shot, I have a feeling it's going to work. And if it doesn't, great. But I always had to spend so much time convincing clients to invest in the money and invest in the possibility that it could work. And with access, I'm empowered. If they're like, what do you, like, choice creates awareness. Go for it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, great. It's it's always based on more awareness. And there is no formula. It's like, okay, when does this email want to go out? It's Everything is based on question. So it's like, what... For this telecall, it's not, oh, previous telecalls, we have to do A plus B equals C to get this many sign-ups. It's, this is, this telecall has a life-like form of its own. So what does it want to create? What do people want to hear? And what is it, like, what is actually required to create something greater for, for this call and for anything else? 
So it's this weird-ass way of doing business that actually makes a lot of sense to my head, so I'm extremely grateful to be a part of a company that creates like that. And it's also very different, but I do get it's part of kind of how the world's moving because everything changes so fast. Just when you think you figured something out, it changes. Right. So be be willing to create your social media, your business, whatever it is. Be willing to keep looking at, okay, this may have worked yesterday, but what would I like to create today? Who would I like right. to be today? What would I right. like to be today? You know, and it's always, it's never creating like a, you know, an image. It's always creating this this constant creation of, of who you are and, and your brand or whatever you want to call it. Right. And actually, um, it's like a prerequisite for being able to do that is to actually know who you are, have an, a really good product that you're proud of and mm-hmm. like want to be out in the world and be seen because it's easy to do like it's easy to create a business from autoresponders and from methods but to do yeah. it the way that you're describing like you actually have to be present in your life and be really yeah. ready to be out in the world with what you have right so that's cool and and be willing to you know continuously show up and continuously create it's not creating so that one day you can sit on a beach and retire it's like you know, you're you're creating to change you know to change the world or to actually have a to have a living if i had to get up and do the same thing every day i would just probably shoot myself because that would be I extremely boring it. i couldn't do it i don't know how anybody could ever work at a factory i'm so glad i don't have to <laughs> honey i don't think you'll ever work at a factory <laughs> <laughs> the machine be like, would be like breaking down. I'd be painting my nails. Yeah. Like, um, I don't really know. I think I need to go change my outfit because this one's kind of boring. <laughs> can we stop production so I can have an outfit changed now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank God I found my gift. <laughs> that we've kind of gone on of like looking at the way that other companies have done things and kind of comparing it to the way access does things kind of fun like yeah jobs and stuff like that um but like what else do you do that really seems to work for you well with the one of the i think another favorite thing of mine about working with access is how different it is so gary douglas the founder he's he is the most irreverent person on the planet. So when I started working with them, there was this crazy, like, crazy PR placement where um, they were talking about, like, I think basically the PR, per, PR the, the publicist said, Gary Douglas, you can talk about anything, but don't talk about sex or, like, masturbation or anything like that. So, of course, what did he start talking about is masturbation. And I remember... I had just kind of come on, come on board, and I'm supposed to be sharing, like, all media placements on social media, of course, or putting them out on blogs or newsletters. And I was like, I cannot do this. Like, this is weird. It would go against every rule, even though the information was phenomenal that came out of this interview. But it was – so his willingness to say whatever is required and to be whatever is required, also Dane here is like that. The, the co-creator, um, because they're, you know, they're not interested in, in pushing forward the status quo. They're actually interested in changing everything, like breaking down the walls and changing everything. And so it's not always the most widely received. If, you know, I'm sure we could we could change the world. Well, we probably couldn't change the world, but we could probably make a shitload of money by telling everybody exactly what they want to hear. And they never do that. That's one way that they're incredibly different. They have more of that than any other company I've ever seen. I don't even know of a company or a brand or a person that really creates like that. Um, I think Richard mm-hmm. Branson was probably one of his time that probably pushed most of the barriers, and Gary Douglas goes farther than he does. 
Um, so it's just wow. interesting. I think. I think interesting that, to think about it in those terms. So true. Yeah, who's pushing? You know, who's willing to actually look at things for, for what they are? Their access isn't about a light fluffing of change. It's like let's look at like what's actually working and what's not working, and and do whatever we can to change it. Exactly. Um, and the other, sorry. and with that, I think the other key thing is, and this applies in, all, in social settings for me as well, um, that when you, like, trust that you know exactly what to say. Like, I used to think that I had to prepare some, you know, there's all these things out there that tell you to prepare, like, an elevator speech of, you know, 30-second, like, what do you do? And you're supposed to have this 30-second basically like, you know, response in your head to any situation of who you are and what you do. And that takes, like, if you realize that then everybody you interact with, it's like, oh, who are you, what you do, it's the same thing. If you actually just say what's up or say what the other person needs to hear, and you don't know until that basically comes out of your mouth, and you can ask the question, but it's kind of not this, like, predetermined knowing about what you're going to say, Right. There's such a realness in you when someone meets you face-to-face because you don't have tape number one playing of here's who I am, this is what I do, this is, you know, this is what I love. You're actually speaking to the energy of the moment. Right. So it's another tip for me, I think, that nobody probably talks about. A lot of people talk about being authentic, and and this goes even beyond that. It's, It's saying, like, if you – I'll say some of the most bizarre stuff to people, and I'll get a call or something later, and they're like, you have no idea how much you changed my life just by your willingness to say that out loud. I'm like, well, that's funny, because I walked away being like, did I just say that out loud? (laughs) 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 So, you know, that's probably that I... Oh, go ahead. You're aware. I was just going to say, just trust that you're aware. Yeah. um, and And that you being that you know, that difference is actually the invitation. Right. You know, I was just going to say that when I first started doing access intro night, I would try to prepare a speech and I quickly, (laughs) (laughs) I quickly learned (laughs) that as an access consciousness facilitator, you couldn't really do that. Because <laughs> the the information is so out there and so different and so not from anything that's really been said before in this world um, that you I like I had to learn very quickly to be really quick on my toes and really present with like like the way that I do my speeches now is I I look in the eyes of of everybody in the in the crowd and like ask like what do they need to hear right now at this second that's going to change the trajectory of their future and so yeah yeah, it's like quite a quite a it was it was a bit of a muscle and it took a few years (laughs) but (laughs) it, it, it it creates a space where you know every single person in the in the room is going to walk out with what they specifically need rather than one message that's on a PowerPoint presentation that people will really throw out by Wednesday. It's yeah. it's like each person gets exactly what they need at the time based on the energy. So, yeah. It's and really I think different. that people, you know, I, there's this guy that I had read his book before I took any access classes, and his name was um, Eric Pearl, and he, did, he wrote a book called The Reconnection. And it was the first time that I ever right. read a book where, it was like empowering you to know that you have this healing capacity. And just by reading the book, you like gain this healing capacity and blah, blah, blah. And I never took any of his workshops, but I was always just intrigued with him because he had, to me, in the book, it was a similar energy that Dr. Dane here has. And so I went, I was in charge of running this expo for uh, when Dr. Dane was speaking at this Conscious Life Expo in L.A. And I had a chance to, like, on a break, go see Eric Pearl speak. Of all oh, these cool. people, he was the only only one that I cared to see. And his presentation was so canned. Like, you could tell he oh, just traveled the world. And it's, I know, and it's the same one. He has the same tricks. He has the same, you know, same spiel. And 
I was like, this is incredible. Because probably five years ago, it, it would have been interesting. But I was so used to having that, that quickness, that speed, and that really joy of seeing someone create moment to moment. Like you're saying, like just asking, what do these people need to hear? Where are we going to go? What comes up? And like you follow the energy. And I forgot how different that is. Like I forgot that people really think they have to have this staged presentation. And so I saw him, I was like, oh, that is such a bummer because that was so boring to me. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. No, it's, it's all, it's all predetermined. Yeah. So, so if you're out there listening and you're interested in, you know, having those having that sort of energy to any presentation, even if it's like a work presentation. I don't know. Most people out there that are interested in this stuff tend to be those the people that procrastinated and didn't write speeches or presentations till the night before anyway. So if you'd like to learn more about the the speed of creation, I'm sure Julia can give you some tips. <laughs> well, and you know, actually, just one more thing I want to say on that that might be a tip in the in the same direction you're talking is you have to be willing to fall flat on your face, yeah, <laughs> in order to do it that way because it like it's such a learning curve and and um, well, it doesn't have to be, but I mean, I did this one speech um, about. Uh, I guess it's only two years ago, and uh, about 40 people showed up. It was a spirituality meetup group um, that posted that I was doing a speech, and it was called something about like laughter, happiness. I was like pretty Pollyanna about it, and um, so 40 people showed up, and I didn't have a speech prepared, and like the the energy in the room was so contracted and so heavy and so scary that I couldn't say anything. Like I stood at the front of the room and nothing would come out of my mouth at all. And actually, I think I told this story last week on the radio show too, which is funny. But anyways, I like, there was one point where I was like, if I run out of the room right now, like that might be the best choice here. Like I just, I think I'm going to go and I'm going to run and I'm going to get into my car and I'm going to drive away and just like leave these people sitting here. Because <laughs> it was so scary. <laughs> so, so it, you know, it's like, and then after, like, I've, I've, you know, failed since then. But um, with that being said, like, I've also got to this place where I can, if I'm actually being present and put my barriers down, I can, you know, like, gauge what's going to create the greatest for each person in the room. So, so yeah, I guess you, the willingness to you, fail. Did you really fail or did you actually just, like melt in front of everyone and that was probably a thing that was so the people in the room that are that are like you and that want to hear what you have to say would likely feel empowered by your willingness to just totally fail and fuck up i'm probably not right. i don't know if i'm supposed to swear on your radio show or not but i just did um yeah yeah, yeah but yeah, you know no, if you swear away if, <laughs> but if you see <laughs> someone who's just willing to be like wow i have no idea what to say um I think I I just want to run and hide right now. Like, to me, that's so seductive because no one else is willing to admit that they're not doing a good job. So that alone is, to me, the most seductive thing. And I'm weird. I get that. But I no, find that's that actually so a good more, point. It's so much more inviting than the person that stands up there and is like, I'm the best thing that's ever existed and you are terrible and you need to listen to everything I have to say because I'm like, oh, gosh. But when there's someone up there that's just like, wow, I don't know where this is going. I don't know where we're going to go. Does anyone have any questions or whatever? It's to me so, for me personally, that's, that's actually the greatest invitation that access consciousness was to me, to, for them to be willing, people that I saw facilitating, to be willing to just get it totally wrong, to be willing to not have the right answer. Because access consciousness is based on the fact that there is no right and wrong and there is no answer. So. Right. Um, so yeah. Huh. I never thought of it that way. I feel better about it now. <laughs> and actually, funnily enough, there was one lady in there who I'd never met before and she came to a foundation level one a year later. So yeah, I kind of thought of that. Yeah. So I guess it couldn't have been that bad, but it was shit scary at the time. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's also that you've persisted the other thing 
what's really great tip and tool from Access Consciousness is that you're actually aware of everybody in the entire room. So when you get up to stand on stage and you think that you are failing and that your heart's dropping, you're actually perceiving the entire room being like, oh, my God, if I were up there, I would fail. I would fall flat on my face. Oh, my God, is she about to fall flat on her face? Because I would totally do it. So you're actually picking up all the projections, judgments, and expectations that everyone in the room has and perceiving it and thinking that it's yours. So a great way to start any kind of presentation is, okay, like, perceive it all and ask, like, okay, what's actually mine here? What am I aware of? Same thing when you're meeting, like, one-on-one. If you go to, um, you know, like a networking event, if you walk up to somebody and you, like, hear in your head, oh, I bet this person doesn't like me, ask if that's yours because most people have that point of view about themselves. So I remember I used to, like, walk around being like, oh, I don't think anyone likes me. I'm like, wait a minute, I don't actually care if anyone likes me. This is actually all of these other people's thoughts. So just be really aware that you're aware of what other people are thinking, especially in those weird, awkward, social-type settings when everyone's just a bit awkward and social about being social. Yeah. I I was at this expo one time, and and I kept having this thought – I really should just kill myself. Like, my health is so bad. Maybe I should just take my own life. And I was at a health expo. I was like, oh, crap. That's not mine. You're like, hey, I don't have any health problems. I'm like 19 years old. What's the wrong with my health that I can die? My mom, my mom lives across the street from a retirement community, and ever since she moved into her house, she's like, I don't know what it is. Ever since I moved to Denver, I feel so old. I think like my body hurts. I'm like, excuse me, Um, you live across the street from a retirement community. (laughs) Do you think that you could be picking up on the fact that everybody over there is so old and wants to die rather than be in a retirement community? I mean, it's like you really have to – that's one of the best tools for all things social and all things just life-related is who does it belong to. Even People are like, oh, I hate when I get on Facebook because I get so depressed or I just stay on there forever and I feel like crap when I get off. I'm like, you have to ask who does it belong to. You have to be aware that when you get on Facebook or any social media, if you're aware, if you're one of the people in the world that's aware of, you know, tons of people around you and – tons of spaces around you you're chopping it like facebook is like four billion people on there one billion probably you're you could be tapping into one billion people at one time by just hopping on a social media site yeah so you just have to be aware and ask like okay cool if this is if this is how everyone is feeling what would i have to say right now to, to tweak them to change their world or to create something greater same thing in a like networking situation or or like you said, what's the one thing I could say that would change the trajectory of their reality? It's brilliant. Right. Hmm. That's true. And that's, like, Facebook, I've heard, is, like, like a, I don't know, like, in one of those statistics things, like, it's like an addiction. Like, it's become an addiction. So, yeah. so and the, it's, Another like, spend hours on there. Addicted. It's like, who does that belong to that, that exactly. you're even addicted to it? Yeah. Exactly. What were you going to say there? I was going to say another addiction for people wanting to, like, feel terrible about themselves and make themselves wrong. Like, it's really easy to do on Facebook. That's Because you just compare yourself. So if you find yourself comparing yourself to anyone, just you can destroy and uncreate it. Right. Like, everywhere I'm trying to be like someone else here, destroy and uncreate. Same thing in, in person. Like, there's... There's times when I go out, I don't go out that often to like bars or nightclubs or anything anymore, but when I do, I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not pretty, I'm too fat, I'm all this stuff, my outfit's ugly, I'm like, oh my God, who is it? Like, this is stupid. It always takes me a while, too, to realize, like, (laughs) that's not mine, so. That's so true. Um, (laughs) I always pick up, I'm such a slut. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's true. That was true. (laughs) 
Just kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but I like a lot of what it, like like even these posts put up on Facebook are actually like just little fantasy worlds too. Like they are, don't even exist. Like I remember one yeah. time. I was shopping with, with, with two girlfriends, and we were in the change room, and we took these, like, fun pictures in the mirror with the three of us, and then we put them on Facebook. And I I looked at them on Facebook, and I was like, that wasn't as much fun as it looks like in that picture. It looks like we're, like, these right? three perfect girls. And I'm like, I was kind of having a bad day. Like, like you know, Laura had a headache. Like, that was yeah. not as much fun as this, like, concept that's online it doesn't even exist yeah. so you're comparing yourself to something that doesn't even exist in the first place like <laughs> I, was, exactly. I was on the beach i was on the beach in mexico one time and there was this family of five and the kids were all under the age of 10 there was two boys and a girl and a mom and a dad and the mom was just a witch like she was evil and they were all in their matching white pants and their matching blue shirts and the mom was and the girl were in dresses and they were just they were beautiful people and so the mom is screaming at the kids like just ripping out their souls like you're horrible blah, blah, blah. and then the photographer was like smile and they all smile and he's <laughs> And it's just like this beautiful picture. And then they go back to screaming at each other and hating each other. <laughs> so a lot of it doesn't even exist in the first place. No, and the great the another like access tool if you want an access tool is what like if you get what's true will always make you feel lighter and a lie will always make you feel heavier. And if you feel a twist, you have to ask what's true and what's a lie. So a lot of right. times it was Blossom did a really great post. Blossom Benedict, she does classes, uh, blossombenedict.com. She does classes on Right Voice for You. But she did a post, because uh, I've talked a lot with her about social media and what she, you know, creating beyond anything that's been created before. So she did this post. It was so brilliant. And it was like she's riding on a private jet, and she's like, like there were pictures, like you're saying, that looked like she had the best life. And she wrote this whole thing like it was one of the worst days of her life. She was really sad and blah, 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 blah. But the pictures that she posts look like she's having a great time. So it was really cool to see how that actually created so much change to see someone who looks like they're, they have the best life that you could imagine and they have a bad day. Yeah. You know, it's like that probably gained her, I don't know, so much respect in her like friends, fans, world because she's willing to actually say what's true. Yeah, that I'll never forget that post. That one, like, yeah, really hit see me. that one, it stuck with you, right? Yeah, that that's yeah. a good point. Awesome. Well, that pretty much brings us to the end of our hour. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, I know. That was awesome. Thanks for being on. Thanks. For um, do you have any um? classes or things that you do want to let people know about or you're you just did that um, class I, there's links yeah I did a telecall yeah I did a telecall um it was called creating greater possibilities with social media and it was six uh 90 minute calls and we looked at different possibilities with um social media in general we also looked at google like youtube videos like how to create greater things with photos with videos with Facebook posts, with blogs. So we covered pretty much every type of media, like different topics over six calls. And it was really cool. Um, so if you listen to the show and you would like that, just, I guess, Julia, I don't know if they could email you or message you. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I give that, it was $300. Um, uh, the original cost was 300 So I give it to you guys, to your listeners for 200 if they're interested. Wow, awesome. Thanks, Megan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, just email me at juliasotis at gmail.com would be the best place for that. And then we can get that from Megan if you'd like it. Um, well, so, yeah, thanks for being here. This is awesome. I love chatting with you. Yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah. I like where the conversation, yeah, it's just cool. I like talking about all those different ideas like Steve Jobs and like, because like, we talk about like the certain way that access does things, but it's fun to look at other places that different things have been done and what works and what doesn't work and what's real and what's fake. And, so. Yeah, and and I guess the last thing I would say to that is look out there. Like if you have a business, find 
the person that you love, like I look at a lot of Steve, not Steve Jobs, but I look at a lot of um, uh, Richard Branson stuff because he is, he does do this crazy thing of he is always inspiring. Like he's not selling a lot. He's got so much money and he's changing things and he's not perfect, but I look for inspiration to see what other people are doing because if you do function from there's not like a right way or a wrong way, but look for people or companies or businesses that are creating success um, just for ideas because you can out-create anyone, you know, just be like, okay, cool, that's awesome, and how would I create it or how could I out-create it? And that keeps you on the creative edge. Wow, that's a really good point. Um, Richard Branson actually has some pretty interesting books. I got one of them, and it was just about how at, like, 25 years old, he took over British Airways by renting a jet. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty cool. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show, and thanks for everybody um, listening on the line and for those of you listening in the future. And next week on the show is going to be Max Zulek, and he um, is a wonderful Australian certified facilitator of access consciousness. And we're going to be talking about the secrets of um, money, sex, and receiving. So I'm looking forward to that. So thank you so much, Megan. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Bye, everybody. See you next week. Bye.